0: This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shi'urim and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com um, Okay, um, we are holding here in the Rambam, on the second page, or this, this side, take a... Um, it's the first Parikh still and it is Yud. So on this, when you flip over the other side, flip over the other side. Now, the Rambam had just gotten through saying that um, a, a, that God has no form, shape, anything like it. And he'd proven it both um, logically he had gone through it beforehand, that you can't have something corporal that's endless by definition, it's, it's kind of a, um, it, it's, it's a, uh, what's the word for it, it it's an axiomoron to say an endless body. Secondly, he brought um, psukim, verses to support it. Now he has a real problem, yud. So the Ramam says, if it's true what I'm saying, we have a real problem. There's a partial smack in the Torah. It says that Moshe asked God. He said, Show me your glory, your splendor. So God tells him, well, I can, I can bring everything I have in front of you. And but he says you can't see my face, quote unquote. a person could not see me and live." So, so God said, I'll tell you what. Here's a place and the side. It's inside a, um, it's inside a cave, a stone cave. And as my glory passes by, I will put my palm on top of it. And when I take it away, you will see my back and not my front. That's God seeking to motion. If you read the verses as they are and translate it as King James would, you basically, God has a form. He has a front and a back. He travels. He has a hand. He's a very, very um, physical God. What does that mean? And so you said before, you interpret all these things as a metaphor. But what did Moshe mean when he asked him? He said, I want to see you. But what, so what did Moshe mean by that? If God has no form, we're, we're interpreting everything as being a metaphor, which is fine. So what did Moshe think? What was Moshe thinking? That's the issue he's dealing with. Moshe What did Moshe want to attain? What was it he was groping for when he said, show me your face, your glory? So the Rambam answers. Bikes Leda Amitas He wanted to know God's He wanted to know the truth of God's existence. Like the way as if he would have seen somebody's face and it is in his and, and that image is engraved in his mind. Let's discuss it outside and then we'll see it inside. There are different ways of identifying something. So let's say um, we're looking for a crook. So the, the, the victim comes to the police officer and he goes through the whole thing. Is he tall? Is he short? Black? White? um you know uh, heavy skinny this that everything all the sides the cop remembers all these details and he's driving down the street Uh, he sees somebody who looks exactly like that looks like that or has all of those identifying marks so that's how he knows him we don't call that recognition the same thing is true about computers Computers can identify people by counting the amount of hair follicles on the nose. So when a computer recognizes somebody, it does it by counting dots, spacing, you know, all sorts of things like that. Um, And that's why anytime you throw it for a loop, when they have all of these distorted, you know, when they want to make sure that it's a human being filling out the thing, so they have the security thing, you know, with the letters that are really weird. You recognize it. A computer doesn't. And the reason is because it's a very different mechanism when you identify something by signs or there is something called recognition. When I, the, 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 when I see somebody from the back, it's very hard recognizing people from their back. What you do have from the back, when you see somebody from his back, you have identifying marks. Height, with, gait, um, you know, different different things but, but there's, no, I, there's no identifying the person. When you see a person's face, what we call recognition, identifying is that. Also, secondly, when we say we believe something to be true, whenever it's a type of recognition of that of of the of the of, of the back type, where you sort of can recognize the marks, we don't we don't feel confident or comfortable that it's true. We say yes, it checks out. So, so let's give an example. Let's say you buy a used car, and you you um, and you, you have it checked out. So, so you, you're good to buy it, down deep, are you really, really sure that, 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 that it's not a lemon, that there's no problems with it? No. But you say, listen, I mean, I got to buy a car, and let's say the guy who sells the car is your best friend, he's not a, he's not a professional car salesman, he's your best friend, you, you, you take it blindly because you trust him in the sense that, yes. Yaakov would never give me anything that in any way is a problem. So I have two levels of truth recognition, of verification. One we would call from the back by signs and, and markings and, and identification. And one is front-on, we will call that recognition. Those are two levels and of a completely different nature. Whenever a person, and, and this is one of the reasons, whenever you are talking to an about God, we always have proofs, um, we have uh, 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 arguments, approaches, a lot of lot of nice things. Would we? What type is that? It's mostly the second type. We're always the checklist is works well. Um, we, can, we, can, we can have a lot of good arguments for God and his existence and so on. But do we actually have the same sense? I'm a lot more confident. Well, that, that was good. Yeah. Uh, that, about his existence, he, he crackles. I need I, wake up, you know? <laughs> I, I can't do that with God. He, he do not snap when I go like this. You know? There's it, it, it something solid for many reasons that, that makes it feel good. Um, it's, so it's a problem. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, I know it all. I want to have recognition. And that's what he says. Let's read it inside. Actually, you should know it in his heart. Like when you had seen a person. And, his, and, 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 and the face of the person is engraved in, in my neshama. This person is distinct than other people. If I only know him from his back, by his size, by his height, by his color, I I see him as part of a group. In the group of humans, this one has this height, this shape, that. When When I know a person well and I recognize him, I have that type of... Direct recognition, which I don't have any place. He wanted that type of reaction of God He wasn't talking about seeing a face or anything like it, but he wanted to have that type of I remember I was once uh, 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 um, I was in yeshiva and it's all they have, you know, they have the semester is very long and then um, During the sem- after the semester they have like two or three weeks off ben Azmanim So one Ben Azmanim I was, um, and and a lot of times the guys would do all sorts of crazy things and and go places, you know, it's kind of two or three weeks to let steam off. So I was going going to my best friend someplace, we get on a bus and they have, some of the bus seats are facing each other, like two, you know, two, two. So I sit down with my friend, a soldier gets on the bus, he sits down opposite us. And there's something very, very creepy, something creepy about this guy. And I, there's, there's something about it that just puts chills on my spine. And my friend also. And this guy looks at us and then he starts grinning like very wickedly. And I, I, I can't, I say to myself, there's something, I, I can't, you know. And I was sitting there five, 10 minutes, just kind of flipping out. <laughs> and as I get up to realize, I recognize it's one of our friends who for shtick had gotten dressed up as a soldier. So I recognized the person, but my mind wouldn't identify because he was wearing an army uniform, it was completely out of context. But the recognition quality was there, and I was freaking out. You know, like, I know this guy, I know him well, and and as soon as he realized that we have, that's why he started grinning, because he, he realized that we don't know who it is. And, and that's the difference between the two, my, my, you know, one part of my mind had, uh, never had an army uniform on him when I had this, and, and that's why there was this, 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 this very, very strange sense of knowing and yet not knowing. It's almost like you had amnesia and, and you're seeing people that say, hi, how are you and everything, and oh my gosh, who are these people? Um, that's what Moshe wanted. Akash Baruch said, it is impossible as long as you are in a body. And let will see, Leo's he wanted to recognize a Baruch Hu as separate Mishar, Mitzia, I'm sorry for anything else. Right now, God to us is the one who put the sun and the moon in place, the one who put the laws of physics in place, the one who gave me life, the one who, who's, who's kept Israel out of trouble all these years and so on and so forth. But I can't see God in His distinctness as not only in the context of, of, of a being. Um, That's the only way I could really God as it is. And God answered him, So God answered as long as a person is living, which means that he consists of flesh and blood and a soul, could not understand God that way. Let's talk about this and and let's and let's understand this point because this point is is also an extraordinary point. My the picture that my mind draws of something. For instance, my mind abstracts the table. It sees the yellowness, it senses the texture and, and it abstracts it and it is it's a table, a yellow table and so on. Now, let's say we're doing math and I speak about i, which is the square root of minus one. People don't like that. People don't do well with that because it has no physical existence. There's nothing, a square root I can imagine, a field that's four four miles square and two two miles on each side. So square makes a lot of sense. Square, square root makes a lot of sense. And I can digest it and just toss out the example and stay with the idea. Square root of minus one, gets me very nervous because I don't know what it is. As long as physics dealt with things that that were sort of tangible, mechanical physics, sits well. We start talking about theoretical physics, it's a string, but it's not a string, and it waves, but it doesn't wave, and it vibrates, but it doesn't vibrate. I don't, it doesn't sit well with us, and most people don't don't enjoy it, because they think that they're talking about nothing really, because it is, but it isn't, So, so what is it? And it's something very tough. The reason is because I am both a body, and a mind, and a soul, and the things that are real to me, are things that have those elements. So when I speak of somebody's soul, what I really speak is the person as he comes across to me in his finest moments. In, 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 in moments when he's very noble, when he's uplifted, when, when there's something beautiful about him. I, I, but I, I can't separate it out of um, something tangible. In other words, as long as I am a body and a soul, my understanding of things my grasp of things is that of abstract plus tangible objects that's the type of things that make sense to me that's the that's the way it is and as long as i'm the mode of a body and a soul i can only understand things that have a body and a concept. I can't understand things that are conceptual that don't have any body whatsoever. That's a very, very significant piece of the puzzle. So, Hashem told him, as long as you are in your mode, it's a, when you learn the verse kind of in a very simple way, it means um, kind of, you know, God flashes huge lights, And if you you know you can't you don't remain alive if you see gods. That's a very stupid way of looking at it, and it's it's obviously wrong. It means that so long, like the Rambam says, so long as a person consists of a body and a mind, his perception requires sensual input as well, and that's why, for instance, when we speak of the path of an electron, we think intuitively of a cloud chamber and the line there, and the line is that path. Even though that line is not the path of the electron itself, really. But we don't, we can't deal with things that are not tangible. So we translate into the thing that's most tangible to us. That was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's rebuttal to Moshe, but he did offer him something. Vodio Baruch Hu But HaKadosh Baruch did tell him things that no one else knew before him and after him, what a brought did give Moshe was a total ability to identify God in totality from quote unquote the back. In other words, not not a, not a head-on perception but I know so many things about God and, and, you know, it's as if all the evidence, you know, 90,000 pieces of evidence locked in as opposed to having been there. But that's what he did get. That's what the verse means to, to, to hint at when it says In other words, the level of identification of God that they'll be able to do is the level of seeing the back and not the front. That's that's what he says. I want to add a, a point of explanation that he doesn't say, but is very much aligned with what he's saying. The the Midrash says that God showed him the knot of the tefillin in the back of his head. Again, this is all metaphor, obviously. But, but but very, very specific metaphor. We, when you wear tefillin, there's the piece that's here, there's the scrap that comes around the head, and there's a knot that hits about over here. And the, the, and we have to understand what that means. What does it mean? He showed them. If, if we don't understand, if God's back doesn't mean anything literally, certainly the tefillin on the back means even less. So, so let's understand this point over here. Um, the, the knot on the back of the tefillin it has an extraordinarily deep symbolism to it. The head is the place where we think, and on top of that we put these parshas of Shema, Shema, and so on and so forth, and it rings around the entire head. So it represents the cognitive understanding of God. The point over here with knots, and then the film become two strings that come down here, two, two, two strips that come down here, that piece is where the spine joins the head. The spine is the, is the backbone of a person's actions and activities. In other words, there's a point at which the cognitive um, person becomes the active person who's involved with tangible things, feeling, walking, uh, etc. The 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 world of the the the, the tefillin and the not are meant to do the following. They're meant that a person understand God, and that that understanding feed into the world of action. If we ask ourselves, one of the things we usually have a hard time with is we understand religion and Judaism as speaking to the mind, to the heart. It's meant to occasionally bring us to do nice things. But, but in Torah, there seems to be such an incredible focus on activities. It, it's, it's you can't move without either doing an Avera or a Mitzvah. But there but always seems to be, you know, there, there's so many things. And you wonder, especially since we, we also talk about how Talmud Torah is so important, learning and, and knowing and understanding is important. So where's the world of Mitzvahs? Um, it's nice to have a symbol or two, we have no problem with a and dove here or there, but, but where is this coming in with the, with the world of, 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 of doing an action song? So the answer is exactly in line with what we're saying. Since we don't, anything that is just an idea doesn't talk to us. It's not real to us. Ideas are not real to us. The only things that are real to us, so let's give an example. We can talk about the Jews leaving Egypt and how hard life was and how difficult and so on and so forth. Unless we do something tangible, those ideas have a minimal effect. It's when you take a, 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 when you, when you take a matzah and you eat something flat and dull. You take something that's bitter and eat it. When, when a shofar sounds off and it sort of impacts you, they give you a level of connection of, of, uh, that you can never attain just with words um, alone. Uh, I want to I flesh out with some examples in the Torah. Two examples I want to use. The prophet Hosea, like all prophets, had the thankless task of telling people to do right when they were doing wrong and they, and they highly, highly unappreciated his messages. And he told God, why don't you just dump them? No good. Give up on them. Get somebody else. So it says God commanded Hosea to take a, a, a woman who was a prostitute as a wife. And he bore three children with her. And then he said, okay, dump the wife and kids. And he says, I can't. And he said, well, you know that She's probably not, you're probably not the only guy who's her husband. You know that these kids stand a decent chance of being your kids, but you can't, you can't bear to get rid of them because they are yours. says, so why do you want me to get rid of the people? Now, is it, could that argument, I mean, is it so hard to, to explain to somebody why you don't want to dump someone? But until you don't experience the love of a child and a wife, you just don't understand it. You understand it, but you don't understand it. Not in the way that we understand it. A a, a second example in in practical halacha. If I tell you, you're interested in my wonderful uh, MP3 player, about six generations behind, and you say, okay, Rabbi, 100 bucks, can I have it? And I say, sure thing. Then I say to myself, hmm, if he thinks it's worth $100, dollars i will probably worth more. i probably got 200 for it. So I say, no. Uh, can I back out? Or can I back out? Well, the answer is, I ought not to back out of it, but I can legally back out of it. Not only that, even if you gave me money, if, um, I can back out. I give back the money. The only time I can't back out is when you've done some act that shows it's final. When he picks it up, when he pulls it to himself, um, or there are a whole bunch of small activities we can use a different object even to, to, to initiate it if you've ever been at a wedding and you see it, they take a handkerchief hold it and pull it anything and the answer is because the Torah the Torah evaluates human sense of real cannot exist on the level of words words never are a full reality so I, I, the Torah says you should keep your word. You're not allowed to break your word. But if you broke it, the the transaction hasn't happened yet. It's like an English law until you don't sign on it. An Hebrew law signing is not, it's not clear that that has any meaningful status to it. But, but, but you need an act. When you sign on the dotted line, there's a certain finality to it. That words alone, even saying you have my absolute word of honor, does not go that far. So here are two examples where um, without deed, you don't have something. So the world of mitzvot are the world where you send something. We can sit and talk about Shabbos here all day long and, 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 and say the most beautiful, beautiful things about Shabbos and how wonderful it is and what kind of gift it is, until you haven't actually experienced it, those are still words. And they don't make that connection. And the same thing is true with prayer. And the same thing is true with, with, with learning everything about Everything in Judaism, without the component of action, they're words, they're nice words, but that's it. So Hashem told him, if you want to perceive me in a way that is real, the point at which the maximum is that point where action and thought and concept merge. That's the knot of tefillin on that back. That's the point of, of, of the furthest we can go. Um, so we can have some sense of reality, um, and yet it, it, it's very, very fascinating. Um, in Jewish history, in, in, in the Spanish, the so-called Spanish golden era, um, in in secular history, it, it's that, that was a golden era. In in more religious, from a religious perspective, it was an it was a troubling period. And Judaism flourished, Jews flourished, Jews were accomplished and acculturated, and they left Judaism. Now, and they left Judaism um, way before the Inquisition. They, they, they were they assimilated. It was our first time that we ever had real assimilation, voluntary assimilation. I mean, it was voluntary in the sense that they knew to get ahead, they had to be, but they liked it. They were part of it. And one of the f- big rabbis who was part of those exiled, made, looking back, he said that the Jews whose Judaism was based on simpler understandings and stronger deeds were more resilient. The Jews who were deeply philosophical were the ones that fell easiest. Um, and there's a saying in the Medrash that a person whose ideas are greater than his deeds is like a tree who has more branches than roots. So the wind comes and he he has an easier time turning the tree over. He has an easier time because there are few roots and because there are many branches to capture the wind and really uproot it. So so there's a double jinx when you know a lot and are not into it as much as when you know less and really into it. Those are part of those issues. Um, so that's so, so that so that's another piece of the puzzle to 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 put into place in the Rambam here. That when he showed him, the Rambam just said that he gave him all understandings possible for someone who, who up to the point of 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 being one hundred percent sure. And and I, I want to explain another point here that I think is also very important when we speak about inculcating um, belief in God so there's, there's, there's a kind of attitude that if we bring enough good arguments proofs, stories, anecdotes and so on that'll do it the answer is no because the problem is not whether the proof is for or against the problem is that we're dealing with things that are It's like, we're talking about something that doesn't exist, as far as we're concerned. Because the only thing that exists is something that strikes our five senses. And we really are... So even when I'm talking about it, I'm not quite talking about a thing. I'm talking about an idea. So I can prove it, but but it's very hard to prove ideas and and it remains firmly entrenched by me. The things that are firmly entrenched are things that are rooted in some sort of physical reality. And that's why without complementing ideas with doing, it's not really... A, a, so what we call belief, which is a firm sense of reality, won't be realized without it. I once heard from Rabbi Weinberg a, a very fascinating, um, a fascinating description of it. And if you think about it, so much truth to it. He asked about when Moses came and performed the miracles in Egypt at the beginning to prove his, bring his credentials. It says that Egypt was full of magic and everybody knew how to do magic and so on and so forth. So what's he doing? When he says, okay, here's a stick turning into a snake and here's water and here's this, what's the point of it? So he said, he said a very fascinating illustration. Let's say I come to you guys and I say, you know, um, there's, a, there's a, a blowout sales at, I don't know, Brooks Brothers and they're selling suits for $100 a piece. So, he's already ready to go. I mean, I, I, I can see he's... You'd look at me and say, maybe. Rabbi doesn't lie usually, but maybe it's like a Jewish April Fool's Day or something or, or who knows what, whatever. Yes, no, yes, sir. If I tell you, I got this suit for $100. Brooks Brothers, top of the line, uh, and so on. You'll believe me a lot more. Why? I mean, without looking at the label, obviously, without, without seeing. Why? Um, the, the answer is because there's something real about a thing as opposed to an idea sometimes in a trial when you have witnesses you have six witnesses that so-and-so killed so-and-so and then they produce the gun it, the, the gun doesn't add much but it's a, but but it, it gives a sense of reality and this is the gun that's so pulled it somehow puts all that credibility into a thing. And even though logically, I mean, if you have six witnesses, one gun doesn't say anything, six witnesses, unless they're all lying. But there's something about people actually feeling the gun, seeing that, well, they're not supposed to touch it, but seeing that gun laying there and, and connecting very, in a very physical way. So that's what it was all about. Let's just see one more point before we um, expand like I said before the, the, the Rambam wrote his work as with a sort of finality this is all of the Torah laid out he didn't give any sources you have to find yourself all the sources all of it is sourced but you have to find yourself he also um, did not um, he, he, he's writing without any disputes and so on the first person to criticize it was a contemporary named the um, uh, um, Rabbi Raman Ben David he was an extraordinarily sharp critic and his glasses are every so often where he criticized the Raman rounding. He, he has a different approach here and he doesn't like that approach he says, listen he, even according to Maimonides he says what, what did he have to get more than he got at Sinai. At Sinai he saw everything, he knew everything there's nothing more you could possibly add to it and then he says also the context of the verses are not like that and uh, and he goes off on a very very different tangent in terms of um, in terms of what it meant he said what the what, what the term means is, is is a deep secret I assume he means a kabbalistic secret of some sort of which he says Maimonides doesn't have a clue very very sharp I, I just like to mention it because you know th- there was always these fierce debates about things Sorry, this? deriver this is the commentary on the side but okay so so basically um, we'll hold it here so this is a very very significant piece in the Rambam just to recap the points he, he has he, he has taken his point of that God is totally incorporeal and ran into a major problem with a parish in the Torah where it says Moshe asks to see God God tells him you cannot see me and be living and he says um, and then he says but I'll show you my back what does that mean that God says he can't see it and so on he, I mean Moshe could not have had a, entertained any idea ever that you could see God so he says it means in the level of belief Perception, understanding—there are two levels. There's a level of imminence, the way that you see a person, and his—the sense of reality about him is imminent. To something that I have identifying marks about, that 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 I um, th- that I have clues, but I don't have any sense of reality. Moshe said, "Yes, God, I know everything about you, and and every way you manifest yourself. I'm lacking." that sense of reality. To which Hashem said, the reason you're lacking is because the you who is talking is a body together with a mind and you need to understand it that way. Um, And since you have a body, you'll never understand me totally. Um, uh, But he said, I will give you everything possible up to that point. That's called seeing it from the back. We added a point that seeing from the back includes a type of identification that a person can have through the world of action, deed, when a person can touch something, when a person can, 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 can feel something, that's where a person can connect to God. In the, so the world of mitzvos complement the world of ideas and, and, and emotions in recognizing God. Um, by, by doing something that has in itself a, 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 a physical reality to it, That picks the picture, and it sort of um, clicks in in a way that's very tangible to us. So what he showed him was the world of mitzvahs, which flow from that world of ideas. Okay, we'll hold it here. Now, the next two weeks, I will not be here.